The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. Fifty-five seventeen on Saturday. Hokies got the dub, defeated the University of Virginia again. We are going to talk about it for the next however many minutes. There's a lot to talk about. We had a lot of fun, and there were a lot of points scored. Billy Ray, how are you? Fantastic. Uh, great Thanksgiving. Great weekend overall for Virginia Tech sports. The women won two. The men won two against two top 80, 50, whatever. They won two big games. Had a rough game yesterday. We're not talking about that. They went. They got the job done, what they needed to get done. And then Virginia Tech football just absolutely dominates the Virginia Tech Invitational. What a tremendous, tremendous weekend. Yeah, great weekend. Uh, We are the Sons of Saturday. Pat Finn here, Billy Ray here. We were recording in Charlotte uh, here. And uh, we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. Virginia Tech 55, the University of Virginia 17. So we'll start it off. Mm -hmm. We did... I, I did a lot of it. I did a lot of it. I was like, hey, guys, we better kick ass because I was talking a lot of junk yeah. on social media, doing a lot of posts. You know, the, the annual mm-hmm. VT logo on the field, um, the, you know, wine and cheese stuff. Celebrating at midfield the last time that we did it. Um, Lane Stadium North, of course. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, the classic rivalry stuff. Have man falling off of the horse. It's a rivalry game. Mm-hmm. And uh, thankfully, the boys did their part and more. Uh, we are certainly the flagship school in the state. There is no question about that. 18 of the last 19 have gone to Virginia Tech in this series. 22 of the last 24 and uh gotta tell you guys they the university of virginia football still has not tweeted the final score of the game they're not gonna do it jake malisic that one's for you um you know can we talk about a guy who loves barking up a tree and then just completely backing off the barking up barking up on a tree i mean the guy talked junk all week and then it's i'm a man i'm 40 i'll own the loss Doug, you guaranteed a win. You talked so much trash. Bet five hundred fifteen dollars on mean, Virginia. You made Big Cat lose a bet too. Just in just tough luck. Tough luck. Tough luck. It tough just luck. it just doesn't mean more mm-hmm. over there in Charlottesville, as we learned. That's um, a good shirt. UVA. It just means less. Or it, it do, or it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> but here's the thing, because there are there are some Virginia sports fans and there are some Virginia football fans out, out there that it does mean a lot. Like yeah. our guy Jake here mm-hmm. um, took it on the chin. You know, you, you talk you talk junk on social media. You'll get it when you lose like that. Um, and we're sorry that we're gonna have to deliver the punches. But that's just how a rivalry works. Yeah. Walked into the game on Saturday. 
and the game was maybe a third who's, a third Hokies, and a third empty stadium seats. Yeah. Yeah, which was interesting. I think there were forty three thousand total people there. Um, do do we want to talk about walking into the game? Do we want to talk about just kind of like the, the vibe? The vibe. I mean, yeah. we started off at Samson Ralph Samson's Tap House. Uh, honestly, what we were looking for is just a place to sit down and watch the Michigan Ohio State game. Mission accomplished. Was able to do that about a mile away from the stadium. I know a lot of people. Where's the place that they go? The Promenade. The no, front? no, the the Fontaine. The, the Fontaine of Youth. The best kept secret for. Virginia Tech fans, I think in 2025 mm. we'll we'll do a we'll do a big in Fontaine. That would be great. Fontaine Mines, yeah. um, <laughs> it's kind of like Pontel. Pontel got that dub, but um, yeah. So the vibes in Charlottesville all time uh, in the end of November. I mean, Charlottesville's I mean, awesome. A, it's just like, a cool place. They <laughs> yeah. got it's a good city, and yeah. anyone you know, if you actually don't think it's a good city, you gotta go check it out. Yeah. Um, that doesn't say anything about the people that live there. I'm just saying. Uh, it's set up nicely, and it's a cool town. But um, a lot of Hokies out tailgating. Mm-hmm. A lot of Let's Go Hokies chants all over the place. Didn't really see that many Hoos. I said a third Hokie, a third Hoos. Would love to figure out what the actual split was. Yeah. I know walking over, because uh, we walked. You missed it. Um, Pat had to Uber over and get his tickets from Will Call. Shout out to the Virginia Tech ticket office for making that possible. So we, we walk over, and this, like – I mean, hammered, like, to a T, UVA student, um, you know, khakis on, uh, Adidas All-Stars, a hoodie, long hair, um, you know, standard, pretty standard fit. Uh, And I'm walking, we're probably 50 yards away, and I'm like, I know know he's not going to be able to help himself. He's definitely a little bit inebriated. And I was like, okay, which one is it going to be? Is it going to be the you guys are dumb? Is it going to be the you guys are not good? He decided to call us nerds walking to the game. Now, of all things you can call Virginia Tech people, nerds is probably not the best profile. Yeah, I, think, I think that's a Georgia Tech or a Duke thing. Yeah, or a UVA thing. But yeah. um, aside from that, getting into the stadium, we got in a little bit late. Um, we got in right when what? John Love was kicking his – we were scoring our first points of the day. And we went up to Section 519, and it is packed – Packed with Hokie fans. I mean, it's walking up to your chair, your seat. It's hello. Oh, hey, oh I was gonna good to see you. And then we look down, and right below us, I'm not. I'm not kidding. It looked like the area was under construction. There was nobody in section 109, 110, 111, 113, 114. And I was just like, I'm not sitting up here. I'm gonna go down there, and that's where I'm gonna watch the game. Nobody checked tickets. Nobody did anything. Went down there, and that's where I watched the game. And hundreds of people did the same thing. I mean, by the end of the game, it, it had seemed like there was a great migration from, you know, 519 and, and up there next to the band down to that corner right behind the mm-hmm. tech bench, uh, infiltrated and completely full mm-hmm. with Virginia Tech fans. Mm-hmm. Virginia just doesn't want Virginia Tech fans sitting in their seats. Uh, they do not sell single game tickets to the Virginia Tech game unless you make an $100 donation. And I'm pretty sure they don't sell the Virginia Tech game as part of their season ticket package either. Um, I don't understand why they do it. We will find our way to the game regardless. I mean, half of your student body lets their hokey friends come in for free. You guys saw it on the hill. You know, the first four or five rows of the hill at the game were all tech students, which is just another uh, another piece of hilarity there. But 
this guy Brandon Lloyd on Twitter has always kind of just you know been a a spokesperson for the UVA fan base and you know sometimes he has some good takes and sometimes he has some not so good takes he actually had the take of the day and you guys can determine if this is a good one or not he said <laughs> less than 43,000 is the smallest crowd for a Virginia Tech game at Scott Stadium since the stadium expanded kind of surprised Virginia Tech didn't bring more people here like they claimed they were this is the just just an absolutely embarrassing thing to say. I cannot believe anyone would actually go out there and say this as a fan of their program, thinking that this is an insult to the other program when this is one of the biggest self-owns I've seen in the year of our Lord 2023. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that I just we're gonna do a lot of role reversal today? We are gonna talk about the game, I promise, but there's too many hilarious hilarious things that happen. Um, can you imagine you? After a game, let's say Thursday night game, it's not sold out. And you're just like, dude, I can't believe it didn't sell out. I really wish that Syracuse would have showed up and uh, and really filled up the stadium. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Could you imagine if, you know, Section 12 at Lane is as <sighs> empty as Scott Stadium was right before? Kate it was appalling. It really mid- midway through the first quarter. You know, you got people just coming in late. I know the party was probably awesome, by the way. Next, you know, we will do Fontaine Big in a few years. Um, it was, it was, uh, who was it? Rondé Barber day. Yep. Bryce Perkins was there. Chris Long is there. Thomas Jones is there. You have t-shirts, you have towels, you have so much to sell. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a tech game. Like, yeah, we should go. We're playing our rival and they fall unbelievably short. Um, kudos to the led show. I knew, uh, I knew that was something that the Hokie fans probably uh, had opinions on seeing. But uh, Dulles District said, I can't get over these empty seats. They're not up in the rafters. They're from the front row going back 20 rows between the, t- the 30 and the 40. Watched VT UVA since the 70s. Have never seen the stadium this empty. Um, did you want to make any comments from the article? Um, yeah, I'll do those now. So I, I want to shout out um, – what is his name here? Uh, Trey Keller. He put out a blog. He's a UVA fan. Uh, actually asked to use our picture. Said yes, no problem. Put out a fantastic article. We're going to link it here. It's on our Twitter. You can check it out. But here are just a couple of quotes from it. Scott Stadium was a neutral site at best. That just happened to have a V saber on the 50-yard line. Usually when this happens, I get irrationally angry at Hokie fans, players, and coaches. For what? Because they care about this rivalry? and want to beat UVA into the ground year in and year out because they actually have a fan base that supports their players and coaches during the good times and bad because the fans, alumni, the staff, the students care about the result of this football game. I am done being angry at them for that. UVA fans love to say this is tech Super Bowl. That is lame and tired. Never will you hear an Ohio State fan tell that to a Michigan fan, Near will you, nor will you hear an Auburn fan say that to an Alabama fan or vice versa. Why? Because it is both of their Super Bowls. That's what a rivalry is supposed to be. UVA fans, alumni, staff, and students don't seem to get that. Now, I can't speak on what it used to be only the past 20 years or so. If they do care, it's simply not enough. Not enough to show up and take this rivalry seriously. One more thing that he said that I loved. Yesterday, for example, I saw one, a line of recruits who were invited to UVA to come to this game welcomed into Stott Stadium with a Let's Go Hokies chant. Two, 
a student section that was, like I said, a 50-50 split between UVA and Tech fans. And number three, UVA's president, Jim Ryan, and AD, Carla Williams, laughing on the sideline together at halftime while their score is getting absolutely embarrassed by their rival. And then number four, my favorite, we can talk about this next, Tech fans rushing the field after a win for the second time in three years. <clears throat> rushing the field, there's no way you can control it from the lawn. If it's a 50-50 split, there's not really a lot you can do. So what, you probably expect 200 or 300 people to meet at midfield. But no, UVA actually opened the gates to the guest sideline and the opposing sideline to allow people to walk. It wasn't a storming of the field. It was more like, a, let's mosey on over and hang out with everybody at the middle of the field. It is incredibly embarrassing. I, I can't believe it. Like during the game, a lot of people were coming up to me and they're like, yo, we're rushing the field, right? We're rushing the field, right? I was like, yeah, probably not. Um, you know, that was pretty cool when it happened once. They literally let it happen again. They literally let us hang out. We walked off the field when the Virginia Tech, when the Virginia police told us to, like 30 minutes after the football game was over. I mean, we were taking pictures. People were lighting cigars. People were doing snow angels. People were making the V, uh, the saber on the middle and laying down and making a T on it. I, I mean, it was, <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was, it was unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. It yeah. is, it is so embarrassing. I, I cannot imagine that happening at, at, at Virginia Tech. Yeah. And I got to be honest, I, don't see this tradition stopping mm -mm. anytime soon. Mm -mm. Uh, if, if you are not at the game, if you thought about going to the game, if you might go to the game in 2025, know that this possibility is very much uh, potential to be a reality yeah. because they're not going to do anything to stop it as far as beating us, first of all, but also <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's our new favorite tradition here. Also, I had a friend text me about a story yesterday. They were in line at Bodo's behind a UVA student in line. And he says to his friends, I used to be in the band, but part of the reason I quit is because it's really hard to sit through a UVA football game. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's just, that's just how it is. And this article by Trey that he put out, I, I suggest you guys read it because it, it kind of does call, call a, uh, an honest perspective from a UVA fan who seems to care about football and is just really upset with the way that things are, uh, Things are seen from the UVA fanhood perspective right now. This is the last thing I'll say, and I think this actually encapsulates more what I'm saying. A lot of people, understandably so, I've I've gone on and I've said, hey, look, like it would be a lot better for Virginia Tech if Virginia was better. And this kind of is what I mean. Like, it is just so frustrating that a rivalry game, like you look at the rivalry week across the country, you look at Auburn, Alabama, you look at the Apple Cup, you look at uh, Bedlam, you look at all these awesome games where both fan bases are so invested and it's so awesome where after a certain amount of time, you're like, can UVA bring something to the party here? They're kind of like that relative that shows up to Thanksgiving and, you know, somebody brings the stuffing, somebody brings the mac and cheese, somebody brings the onions and they just bring their appetite. Um, and they just hang out, but they make fun of everybody else's food. They're like, Hey, your food's not that good. Hey, you know, you should have put more paprika in the freaking yada, yada, like bring some juice, man. We're like, we will continue to kick your ass for as long as you guys will welcome it. But that's why I look so fondly fondly is probably not the right word, but 2019 was so awesome because it was an awesome football game in an awesome environment. Whereas this is just a, every time I went to the bathroom for the game, I called it the Virginia tech invitational. 
<laughs> Literally the entire game. The Virginia Tech Invitational. It certainly was. Um, should we read some haikus? Yeah. Is it time? Yeah, it's time. I can fix this window for you while you read them, by the okay, way. Okay, great. So our first haiku comes from Grant Watson. Hokies pound the Who's. The tweet made them bound to lose. Bowl game, time to booze. All of the above, Grant. Frosty. It's frosty time. Hokies triumph loud. Bowl bound glory unfolds bright. That was a, uh, that was kind of nice. UVA's defeat. Brad. Let me read this one because I, I bet the rules here a little bit. Um, Brad did not submit a haiku, but he did submit poetry and it was pretty awesome. To Seville, VT went. To a bowl went. To a bowl, a win meant. The record 55 made the punk yield, and VT fans stormed their field. And then the fun began. Cigar smoke billowed in the air. Commonwealth clash pick in the can. Sprinklers watered the team without care. Let's go, Hokies. That's got to be some of the three best poems we've had. Some great poems. Some rhyming. Rad. Some rule breaking. There we I go. Mean, come on. Think outside of the box. All right. Let's see here. We did spend a lot of time talking about some pregame stuff. All right. I guess we could talk about football now. Um, you want to yeah. lay it on us with the first uh, Sons of Stats? Uh, so some stats for you guys. Um, Sons of Tone Settery. Um, Virginia Tech just came out. It was honestly the calmest and coolest and most collective game we must have had all year. I mean, it was immediate. After the field goal, I was like, okay, feeling pretty good. And then after we go up 10 nothing, you're kind of like, all right, I see how this is going to go. I was talking to Pete B about, about the 10 nothing. It was how, how it was just like, there's no one here, first of all. We're, we're going to dominate this mm-hmm. football game. We're going to dominate the stadium. The Hokies outgained the Cavaliers 294 to 60 in the first half, and UVA had negative 16 rushing yards. And what was really cool about the first half was when the team, <laughs> when our team leaves the field at halftime, the crowd erupts, and our team is like throwing their fists in the air, pumping up the crowd. I mean, it was it was literally like a dog and pony show. It was like playing. It was like the USA basketball team playing the Olympics in like New York City, uh, the year that they had the dream team. Like it was uh, it was unfair. I, I can't be imagine being a UVA guy going in the locker room. You're not going to win the game anyway, but you're down like 24. You're like, All right, let's get in here and let's figure stuff some stuff out and get the crowd back into the game. No, oh, I, wait. I'm, I'm quitting at halftime. <laughs> quitting at halftime. Quitting at halftime. But you're thinking, let's get the crowd back into the game. Oh, wait, actually, we need to get the crowd out of the game when we come back out at halftime because the crowd is literally not cheering for us. <laughs> Tough scene. Um, crazy, crazy stat on the entire year. Virginia Tech has won six games this regular season. They won every single one of those six games by 17 points or more. Old Dominion won by 19, Pittsburgh 17, Wake 17, Syracuse 28, Boston College 26, and UVA by 38 points. We, you know, 38 0, bro, was the joke Mm -hmm. in 2011. Well, we beat them by 38. On Saturday, and I had to tell you the uh, the amount of comfort I have never felt that amount of comfort in Scott Stadium in Lane Stadium North in my entire fanhood. This goes back to 2013, my first time going to this game in Scott Stadium, and have been to everyone at Scott Stadium since. And every single game with uh, Virginia has been a dogfight, and it's come down to the last possession. There's a bowl game on the line, or the Coastal is on the line. And I cannot emphasize how 
different it felt to destroy them by this much so early in the game as well when you knew it was 17 nothing and they weren't able to move the ball at all regardless if we're getting penalties or not mm-hmm. on uh on APR for those uh for those roughing the passer calls it, we had control from the minute uh the game kicked off at 3:30 but um to the point where we had friends who were streaming other football games in the stadium and we were wa- I mean we watched the end of the Iron Bowl uh, we watched the end of the Michigan game. Um, you're kind of just in there and you're kind of like, yo, um, this is this is going a certain direction. Let's let's catch up on some of the other games that we may have some action on. And we were able to do that. A um, couple other stats for you here. I do have to say this because it's history. It's part of the game. Uh, Malik Washington broke the record, the all, all-time ACC record for most, most receptions in a season with 110 he also posted his 10th game with at least 100 yards this season. He was quite literally the only person that was doing anything for UVA on Saturday. Uh, he had a season-high 14 catches for 115 yards. Um, they put literally everything on his plate, and he did what he could do. Tremendous player, uh, transferred from Northwestern. This was his final year of eligibility, so he'll be playing on Sunday somewhere, more than likely. Uh, and this isn't a stat. It's more of an observation. I've said it all year. Virginia Tech is so – reliant on the effort, body language, attitude, moxie that they show and very clear, very clearly, like from warmups to game to timeouts to everything, uh, whether it was Calandria's comments, whether it was it's UVA, whether it was get to a bowl game or a combination of all those things, Virginia Tech set out to absolutely pulverize UVA. And that's what we did. We saw the same team that we saw against Pittsburgh. We saw against Wake Forest. We saw against Syracuse, who was just playing like their hair was on fire um, and playing the the best comparison that I can make is those early Miami teams that just didn't give a damn. They were going to beat the hell out of you. They were going to talk trash. They were going to hit you after the whistle. Um, and the tech teams play the best this year when they play like that. And that's the team that we got. I got to tell you, too, we heard it in the press conference. The press conference mm-hmm. was uh, was pretty funny mm-hmm. all around. There was a great, tro- a great Kyron Drones quote mm-hmm. uh, about Calandria. You know, he really shouldn't be talking about something he knows nothing about. <laughs> which was, I wish we saw that one in a uh, in video, in video format. format. We only got it in a quote because I think we'd probably put that all over. <laughs> Stephen Gosnell, though, <laughs> was was awesome in I, the post game, and uh, I don't know if you have any notes. In I the, do. In the post, but I figured we could parlay this nicely into Benny's and then talk about that later. Yeah, we could do that. Um, so why don't you tell you tell the Benny story? Okay, so well, we want to thank Benny's for working with us this fall. What a and, fun year! You know, great year. Lots of pizza was consumed inside and outside of Lane Stadium, but a great year of Benny's inside of Lane Stadium. Benny Marzano's, and you got Benny's literally all over the East Coast, whether it's Pittsburgh or Philly, you know, Nova, Fredericksburg, Charlottesville, Richmond, Charleston, Blacksburg, Charleston. Charlotte. Um, we did get a text from Stephen Gosnell and Benji and Tucker post game. <laughs> After they got back to Blacksburg, they sent us pictures of Benny's slices and said, "Fellas, had to celebrate our big win with some Benny's pizza." So please, when you are ordering Benny's pizza, when you're ordering a pie, make sure you use that Sons of Saturday discount. Tell them the Sun sent you for five dollars off of your pie. You know what's better than a Benny's pie in Lane Stadium? A Benny's. celebratory That's Benny's right. pie. That's true. So, That's true. Um, and we'll get into the quotes in the uh, in the post show 
post show stuff. But you want to talk about the offense and how great it was? I mean, you talk about the offense. You do have your notes for the offense first, so you go ahead and talk about the offense. 55 points. The first burger of the Coach Pry era. It's been an illustrious hamburger. I mean, this is a we, – we, I don't know if this is Jack Brown's. I don't know if this is a Sharky's Krabby Patty, uh, but it is – Chum Bucket? Chum, no, no Chum Bucket. UVA eats at the Chum Bucket. This was a fantastic 55 burger, the most points ever scored in the Commonwealth Clash by one team. Uh, we, we know 20, uh, 2005, we scored 52 points, um, but big-time performance by the offense on Saturday. Daquan Felton is awesome <laughs> three catches 133 yards two touchdowns that is a 44.3 yards per catch average he had the 84 yard touchdown which was just some elite breakaway speed and then he also had his catch and run up the sideline and had a UVA defender hanging off of him for the last few yards. Shades of Ryan Williams, 2009, hosting NC State. Bill Roth, I always look at the Bill Roth post-game late hits. I've said it multiple times this year. Daquan Felton, on the year, has touchdowns of 62, 54, 39, 34, 70, 42, and now 84 yards. This is a guy who has caught 38 passes this year, averages 17.6 yards per catch, and has eight touchdowns. Unbelievable addition this season, Daquan Felton, getting him from Norfolk State out of the transfer portal, and uh, just a really talented guy. He's a guy, I think, if I have to say a guy who's been the most improved this year, because early on in the year, let's let's be honest, he had a little bit of the drop bug. Um I had, I had said a couple of times, maybe mailed it in on a couple of routes, but he has completely improved on blocking, on taking the top off of the defense and becoming the biggest scoring threat that Virginia Tech has. I mean, he has a big play in every single game, and he really has every single game gotten better. So um, I think he deserves a, a, a lot, a lot of credit um, for his growth over the course of, his, of the season. There were so many offensive plays. I was talking with Pete this morning on College Football Monday, and I was like, hey – um, he was like, Pat, what was your favorite play from the game? And I was like, well, what quarter are we talking about? There were good plays every you know, it's the entirety of this football game. When you win a game like that, my favorite question to ask was, well, what touchdown was your favorite? Which touch, which time, what time we scored was your favorite? <laughs> One of the ones that was awesome, you had the Steven Gosnell fourth down touchdown. I think it was like from 30, 37, however many yards away it was. Ran into the end zone, hit him with the silencer, hit him with the um, Steven Gosnell has been great, especially down the stretch. That's three touchdowns in three games for him, right? Three in a row. That's a little three, trifecta. That's a, tur- a turkey, if that's you right. will, from uh, from SG. Um, so he's been great. We could talk about his – so normally I wouldn't read these because um, you don't want to put them out. No, a little secret. Don't want to get them in trouble. But they're out. They've been seen by 50,000 people on Twitter, so I'm just repeating them now. Um, they're awesome quotes. Steven Gosnell – uh, a couple of things. He was asked about uh, UVA turning the sprinklers on after the game, which we're on a timer. I mean, you know, 
Guy came out and apologized. It was on a timer. So what if the game went to overtime, Billy Ray? Well, what probably happens is the game ends and then he sets the timer for 30 minutes from then. Do you really? I don't know what happens. Maybe we should interview him and really get the real story because, you know, everyone was like praising this guy. Oh, dude, like legend. Listen. Uh, I thought it was kind of weird that he came out and like apologized. Well, it's the, it's the story. If you think that the guy was just sitting up there like evil, evil mega mind with his finger on the trigger waiting for them to come back out of the locker room. What likely happened is this the game is college ended. football and things like that happen. So I wouldn't put it past him. I'm not saying he did that, um, but maybe we'll find out uh, another story. But the quote, <laughs> it was yeah, it the quote. The quote. Uh, Stephen Gosnell was asked about UVA and the sprinklers. He says they can do that. We'll take the dub, and they can take their L. <laughs> As if that wasn't funny enough. He was also asked about how much this win meant. You know, you go to a bowl game, you beat your state rival. What does it mean to you? Uh, he said some. I don't have this part written down. He was like, "Oh man, the the mental. What did he call it? Like the mental, um, the mental high or something." No, he said he's like, I don't know if I've ever had like dopamine levels this <laughs> yes. high. He's like, my dopamine levels were so high. I'm definitely glad we get one more, and we get to be eligible by whipping the out of them. Um, just awesome, awesome stuff. Um, if there are sprints, worth the sprints. If there are sprints. Pat and I volunteer to run him for Steven or run him with him. Either one. Um, you want to talk about Basial Tootin? Basial Tootin was awesome again. And uh, really happy we saw this Basial Tootin today. Or we used him this way. Yeah. That's, what I sh- that's how I should say it. Because um, we know Basial Tootin, the same one's showing up every single week. And he's he's kicking butt. But uh, at one point, he had 10 carries for 120 yards. He had his touchdown. He had another touchdown. Uh, Basial Tootin was the hills daddy we're gonna start calling it tootin hill scores two touchdowns runs up that runs up on the hill yeah i like yeah i gotta write that down yeah we maybe we should try to put together some uh some opportunity maybe maybe we do some nil opportunity where we connect with our friends over at uva and we try to get a plaque enshrined Mm -hmm. uh on tootin hill um could be a a cool opportunity but yes uh basial tootin 32 yard touchdown run i think it's Kick return was 95. 94. 94. Don't sleep on 94. Tootin was going again. And uh, I like seeing him finish the season on a high note yeah. as well. He's a guy that we need back on this roster next mm. year. And uh, understand the level of talent like that. Guy has an NFL future. Uh, but, you know, what can we do to make sure that he stays in Blacksburg another year? Another 100-yard uh, performance, 132 yards, one touchdown. Kyron Drones. He averaged 24 yards per completion. He was 10 for 22 for 244. What were you saying this morning? It was a very, like, Michael Vick stat That's line. a Michael Vick stat line. Yeah. You complete 10 passes for 244 yards. That was electric. He ran seven times for 50 yards. Uh, seeking, heat-seeking missile, seeking content. Again, Kyron Jones has really come on strong. 15 touchdowns, three, three INTs this year. Uh, I think three or four rushing touchdowns mm-hmm. as well. That's in 10 games. He was awesome. He was great. Period. <laughs> he, he, owns, was awesome. he owns He owns that field. Um, I actually want to put out a memo. I don't know where you stand on this. I don't think we've talked about this. I think the 25 has caught a lot of flack this year. I was talking about this yesterday too. I think a lot of people have been like poo-pooing on the 25 thing. I don't know when it became like, hey, this is pretty cool that we're paying homage to our old coach. Some magic happens in it. 
I like the tradition. It's a cool tradition. And then somehow, somehow, a lot of people were just like, can we stop doing this? We need to stop. This must not happen anymore. Well, here, here's why people why? say that. Because when there's a losing streak, mm-hmm. anything that doesn't contribute to wins mm-hmm. is interpreted as something that needs to be changed. So, yeah. like, you know, we start the season one and three. They roll out whoever wore 25 for the Pittsburgh game. I'm sure there were a lot of people like, mm-hmm. why do we even do this thing anymore? Yeah. It's not about the fans. This yeah. tradition is about the football team and getting guys on the team motivated and fired up. And you can call it a gimmick or a prop or whatever you want to do. Do you think Miami fans, it mattered to them if they had the turnover chain or not? No, it mattered to the players. And the players are the ones who are in the room getting motivated and going out there and practicing hard so they can earn that 25 jersey. So if you have had any thoughts about 25, and how it needs to go, think about the players and not you as a fan, because it's about them. It's not for you. Wow. I have never seen you act like this before. <laughs> um, I think it's pretty cool for the fans, too. But I, I, I agree with you. The 25 magic, by the way, the numbers have nothing to do with how the team performs in a game. No, that, that's just And neither ridiculous. do the uniforms. That's a ridiculous, ridiculous connotation. The uniforms looked awesome again, though. I am, I am very in. much in on the white, white maroon, just for the record. So the 25 magic did come back. Tucker Holloway, 33-yard touchdown. Love to see him get in the end zone. Had a couple of chances on punt. Um, but it was great. Number 25 magic was back in the end zone. You had – oh, I had this down. Okay, so this is the last thing we have about the offense. I mean, everyone contributed on offense. Feel bad for Jalen Lane. Had mm-hmm. that awesome, awesome long touchdown that was negated from a penalty. Grant Wells helps contribute to the 50-burger. Um, so we love that redemption story. Malachi Thomas found his way into the end zone as well. Uh, a lot of guys contributed on offense on Saturday. But the absurd tweet that we saw from Andy Shanks – he found the top ACC points per game in Virginia Tech history. So I think this is just conference play. Uh, but 2023, since Virginia Tech t- joined the ACC 20 years ago in 2004, 20 seasons ago, uh, we had the fifth highest points per game total in the history of us being in the ACC. Wow. Um, the fir- just for frame of reference, 2010, we averaged 35.8 points per game 2016 was number two 2009 was number three and 2019 was number four um so hmm, that's pretty impressive a lot of that goes to uh finding your quarterback Mm -hmm. finding your quarterback uh fifth highest points per game in acc play since joining the acc uh we so there's not really anything to gripe (laughs) about here uh we fumbled on the three-yard line. Yeah, f- fumbling in the red zone, but, you know, it was fine. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really, didn't uh, really defense. bother me too much. Defense. The pass rush. We found it. It it was lost, but now it's found. It was found. Um, Virginia Tech had six sacks and ten tackles for loss. It was the best game that I've ever seen Cole Nelson play. He played out of his mind. Um, two sacks, six tackles. It seemed like he was everywhere. APR. Ah, he just missed 10 sacks by half a sack. Finishes the season with nine and a half. He was trying really hard. Got to tackle the quarterback when the quarterback has the ball in his hands. <laughs> um, but he roughed him up a couple of times. But, man, the defense hey. was, was fantastic. And, and in hindsight, mm-hmm. watching those clips of APR 
you know, throwing uh, Calandria around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Kind of funny. It was hilarious. Great in hindsight. It was. Watched it. Uh, watched. They had it running on ACC Network this morning. Um, Cole Nelson, you, you said, really big sacks back to back. Right after those sacks. Um, now they were in field goal range too. This was to keep yeah. them out of uh, keep them keep them by having no points. At exactly. Halftime. Nelson's two sacks cost them twenty one yards, pulled them out of field goal range, and uh, that was right before the halftime buzzer. Mm-hmm. Tex got a twenty one four or twenty four zero lead at halftime. Defensively, we really shut down Malik Washington, knowing that he was going to be all they had. Um, knowing that. <laughs> Okay, Billy Ray, did you watch the game? I watched the game. He, we did not shut down somebody who set a seat. We kept him in check. We He did set his single season catching record. What were we hearing about this guy? We were hearing that. And he how was, did we do last week against Concepcion? No, hold on. Hold on. We're going we're gonna to talk through this for a second. We beat them in all phases of the game. We were better than them. You can't say that you shut down. A, that's just a rule. You can't say you shut down a receiver when they set their season single season record for catches and had over 100 yards receiving. Did he score a lot of points? No. Was he still impactful even though he was a focal point of the defense? Yes. I just don't think he really was a difference maker, though. He wasn't a difference well, there maker. Were zero the different, there were zero difference makers on UVA's. And that's the point I'm trying to make. He was not a difference maker in the game. He got most of his yardage in the that's second fair. half, too. The game was over when he got all these catches. Right, but shutdown would mean like turning the computer off where it is no longer drawing any juice. Okay, so uh, we're going to ask the uh, the listeners here. <laughs> did we shut down Malik Washington or we did we did we keep him in check? What is the barometer? This this is kind of like the hokey hangover. Is the season a failure? Question. It's like, all right, maybe we maybe the question itself wasn't wasn't fair, but um, Malik Washington was not a difference maker on Saturday, and I think we can all agree with that. I agree with you there. Yeah. Um, however, he, yeah, he had a great season. First in the country in catches. First in the country in 100 receiving yards games. Second in receiving yards overall. Could see that guy holding up a Blitnikoff trophy. Um, but we shut him down. We did. Sure. <laughs> whatever, you, whatever you like to call it. Uh, defensively, I think just penalties overall was was a gripe, but it's a rivalry game. You're probably going to see some some uh, some penalties in a rivalry game. Two of them were on back-to-back plays for 30 yards. Um, didn't need to matter. Uh, they went three and out right after the, um, the APR back-to-backs. And uh, were there any other like egregious penalties that uh, I don't know what they've penalized Basil Tutin for, whether it was him putting his hand in the air on the 30 or running into the lawn or doing his train celebration. Um, <laughs> all three of them were awesome. The train um, celebration. They were all awesome. Um, I mean, my opinion on the, on the penalties for the roughing the passer, it's double-edged, right? Calandria asked for it with his quotes. I had no problem with the quotes. You got to motivate yourself somehow. He's a freshman, uh, played in a rivalry game, had a, a tough go at it. I think he's a talented quarterback. He looked horrible on Saturday. I would prefer not to give up nine penalties for 101 yards. UVA had 286 yards total. Um, roughing the passer went from UVA punting on their old, own goal line to first and 17 or first and 10 on their 17. Um, look, I'm glad we won. I'd prefer to avoid those penalties, but the kids were angry. They had fun. Uh, we won by a lot, so I'm not going to pick that nit. I'm not going to do it. Uh, special teams. Basial Tootin, 94-yard. Well, hold on. you got to look at the history here. 
Great patience, great blocks from J.R. Walker and Malachi Thomas. Go back and watch it. His patience was awesome. I've talked about his patience and his vision all year. He's got that Herbert patience. But the last time a Tech player returned two kickoffs for touchdowns in the same season was David Wilson in 2010. Uh, Wilson had returns of 90 yards against Georgia Tech and 92 yards against NC State. And Basial Tootin is ranked as the third best kickoff returner by average yards, 30.6 per return, and also one of only five players in college football with two kickoff returns for touchdowns because of the stupid rule where we just don't see returns anymore. So those numbers are obviously way lower than they usually are. It's really dumb rule. Really dumb. Tootin, <laughs> this was right after the field goal from UVA to get off the schneid. They, uh, Which was so funny because the Tech fans and the UVA fans erupted in applause. Tech fans were kind of like, oh, welcome. We're so glad you guys scored. And, and then, then the UVA fans were cheering also, yeah, yeah, also sarcastically. Pretty bummed we didn't get the shutout, but that is okay. Yeah. Um, but this was uh, just comical in itself. Uh, Virginia is on the seven-yard line, and they opt to kick the field goal instead of going for it. Because um, they they wanted to score points, mm-hmm. not that they have a scoring streak streak like ours, because they true. don't. But after their field goal, fireworks end an LED show uh, that was to so a half empty Scott Stadium. Uh, pretty funny. But Tootin gets the ball, and I'm I'm down there with my guy Jay Osborne and Alexa and Johnny O, and he gets the ball, and Alexa nudges me, and she's like. Every single time watching football with Jay, when he has the ball, it's just go Tootin, go Tootin. He just yells it every time, go Tootin. And then Tootin seems to, you know, kind of run into some traffic. And then all of a sudden he emerges out of the traffic, go Tootin, go Tootin. And we're all screaming, go Tootin, go Tootin. Tootin did go. Tootin went all the way and climbed up Tootin Hill. So that was awesome. And one of of my favorite plays of the day as well. I also... Wanted to talk about, I know it's not Valentine's Day, but I do got to talk about John Love. Give him some love. He is having one of the best seasons ever as a Virginia Tech kicker, statistically. Uh, two two statistics I want to point out to you guys. One, he has made 13 kicks in a row, 13 consecutive kicks. Uh, the last one he missed was in the Wake Forest games. Uh, he is 20 of 22 on the year, and that is good for 91%. That is the second highest kicking percentage um, overall. I think I, I think if you look at his career stats, he's like 87, but um, second highest in Virginia Tech history since 2000. Uh, so John Love has had a sneaky, sneaky, sneaky good year. Don't think John Love has been in any, in any positions that are necessarily what would constitute being a high pressure situation. No game winning kicks, you know, no kicks that are relevant in the second half of games. Um, you know, that would be these aren't one possession games that we're winning as we've covered several times. But you know what he's doing, Billy Ray? Being consistent. He's doing his job. He is. He is doing his job every single time he trots out onto the field. So I uh, tip my cap to John Love. It's time for Pat's Blue Ribbon of the Week. I am tipping my cap again to Coach Brent Pry and his staff for getting it done on the road. And it wasn't a PBR shower. And no. I know I know, we don't have any more games in Lane Stadium. Unfortunately, I asked for a PBR at Lane Stadium North. 
They do not have PBR at Lane Stadium North. So that was a bummer. They do have wine. And I said, Billy Ray, they have wine. He's like, it's kind of cool. No. I was like, Billy Ray, if we were at if we were at Keenan Stadium and I pointed out that they have wine on the menu, you would literally be making fun of everyone yeah, wearing powder blue. I would. Um, so you know, just had to take a step back there. But Brent Pride did not get a PBR shower. He got a blue Gatorade shower. I actually think he got two. But um, you go in there, your first time as head coach of Virginia Tech, and you make an absolute statement. You are the flagship program in the state. There's no question about all that. the recruits, all the high school recruits in Virginia making statements. He said, he said, hey, I wish we could have scored more than 55. Mm-hmm. You know. So um, fired up, and and he gets my blue ribbon along with the rest of the staff. What's what's the BRB? The I'm just I'm just tipping my cap to everybody I saw. Like it it is so fun how everybody's just on the exact same page. Like the the if you if you were watching a silent movie, it's just a stadium full of really happy people, and then people who like really want to talk crazy to somebody but they're losing by 35 so they can't say anything so i mean every time i I made a couple trips to the bathroom i was i was i was enjoying some coldies so i probably made four to six to maybe eight trips to the bathroom okay time out six yeah i had to go a lot yeah week i had a bladder issue and i had to go um and every time i'd walk in there it's just woo! (laughs) welcome to the virginia tech invitational is everyone having fun and everybody'd get fired up i mean i just (laughs) i just kind of i just kind of i loved it i absolutely loved it um so, big things yeah i have a, a, a bit it's it's more like big things this is a reflection of culturally owning another opponent um tony elliott said this after the game he said i just didn't feel like we had the right look in our eye and that's on me how do you not have the right look in your eye for a rivalry game how does that happen i like tony elliott I really do. I think he's a, I think he's a good guy. I think he's dealt with a lot of crazy stuff at UVA his first couple of years coming into a really difficult situation. I think Bronco Mendenhall one was a perfect fit for UVA and then left UVA high and dry when he decided to go on um, his uh, walk with God, which respect, respect to that guy. Um, It's a dominant win, but on paper, Vegas thought that this was going to be a two and a half point line. UVA is not, they didn't play well, and I don't think they're a very good team. They should have beaten Louisville. They should have beaten Miami. They should have beaten NC State. They should have beaten JMU. They beat Duke. They beat North Carolina. And then they lost to us 55 to 17. I think it's a testament to how well we prepared, how well we came with temperament, how well we coached, how well we executed. Um, But it's a reminder that games are not played on paper you may look at these two teams and you say hey look uva is a dynamic wide receiver they have a you know pretty impactful quarterback uh virginia tech they've struggled on the road they haven't run the ball well in a couple of football games these games aren't played on paper they're played on a football field and the compounding effect of losing to virginia tech over and over and over and over and over and over again has an impact I think UVA is an unserious football program. I do not think that they try to take themselves seriously. You talked about the fireworks and the LED lights. When UVA scores for the first time, they're setting off fireworks when it's 38 to three. Um, it is just so, so embarrassing. Um, Learning life pointed this out when we were at the game. So the fireworks were actually set up in the stands. 
So in the top corners of the of the end zones, they had the firework boxes and they had it taped off so people couldn't sit there because they knew the stadium wouldn't be full. Another just ludicrous thing that's going on. And again, how embarrassing is it to allow another fan base run on your field and take photos again? Where is your Stephen Collier to stop this from happening? Where is Rhino security? There was nobody there to stop anything from happening. Truly embarrassing. Truly awesome. Uh, and again, we said it before coming into this game. The, U- the, the season does not, the season success does not hinge on beating UVA. Before the game started, I said they got to go to a bowl game. You need these extra practices. And to go out on this type of high note is exactly, exactly what the doctor ordered. Couldn't be happier for the players. Couldn't be happier for the coaches. Couldn't be happier for the fan base. Fun. Hey, guys, this is Ali Jennings III, wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. Story time. Love stories. We're out waiting for an Uber. And there's our group, maybe six of us. Uh There's another group of four Hokie fans that are all like kids. None of them went to I guess not kids. They're they're all like, you know, early 20s or, you know, college age kids. And then three kids, clearly UVA fans, are walking by us. And I think they chirped at first. Well, the guy that wasn't carrying the beard started talking junk. He was just like, "You guys suck. You're not smart." It was a, uh, it was a. What was it like applying to both schools? Yeah, that, that yeah, that was one thing. of those. Yeah, and I and I I saw that everywhere this week. It's 2023, man. Yeah. Um, like we have caught up to whatever that means. But this other kid behind him is carrying this big box of Stella Artois, and if you're, you know, 20 years old or, or 22 years old on a college campus, you know, on most campuses, you're probably drinking PBR, you know, Miller Lite, Coors Light, whatever. These guys have a, a box of Stella Artois bottles. Mm-hmm. And right after his buddy starts tar- talking junk at us, he, uh, the, the box becomes, you know, unleveled and like seven bottles come out of the bottom and one of them's uh, breaks and cracks and, and splatters everywhere and all and all of a sudden you got this kid like on a, on all fours grabbing these beers and putting them back in his box and his two uva buddies have left the scene like just totally leaving his buddy in the well dust. then he's like i didn't even go to this trash school i'm not even having that much fun like i i don't even want to be here anymore and then and the, then his buddies leave and the buddies and he's leave. just there just in a, in a pile and we go over we're like hey man like you need help and then he's like, hey, do you guys just want these? And we're like, yeah. So like we took like five of his Stellas well, and all popped them open and cheers them with the tech fans. Well, the funny <laughs> the funny thing was he started to run away after he gave us five. He stuffed a bunch of his pockets and there was I didn't act fast enough, so I didn't get one. So I called him. I was like, yo, can I get one more? And he was like, yeah. So he ran back and gave me another Stella. And then we were able to enjoy a Stella outside of the stadium. After the game, 
after getting the uh, the ever illustrious fifty burger, we did go to Jack Jack Brown's. I gotta tell you, you had two more. I mean, Jack Brown's is awesome. It ha- like I don't understand why there's not one in Blacksburg. It would be an immediate hit. The food is fantastic. The vibes are fantastic. Um, I can't believe UVA allows such like a grungy in a good way uh, bar hamburger joint in their area. Um, that's another benefit of Charlottesville with it being in a city. Like there's not, the decision is not, okay, we can go to these three bars. We'll wait in one line for 25 minutes. And if we don't, if, and then we'll just have to, that those are our options. So I do like that about Charlottesville. Um, but fantastic sandwich. Um, had a great time. Would love to have one of those in Blacksburg. Letters from... L's from the pay, the lunch pail. Yeah. J.E. says, great job, K-Drones. Thank you for your hard work. It is paying off for VaTech mm-hmm. and for you, J.E. I agree with you. Grant Watson, can we talk about how awesome Tootin going into the hill was after both of his touchdowns? Tootin Hill, we need to get some mm-hmm. sort of graphic. Mm-hmm. This is a call to action. All the graphic artists of Saturday listening. <laughs> Uh, let's see some imagery. Let's see some special effects. Let's Creativity. see some Photoshop of Tootin Hill, and we'll get Grant. Uh, we'll, we'll post it for you, Grant. This guy, two first names, says, who is back next year? Which impact players from the two deep are greatest risk to transfer? Can I, can I, can I veto this? I don't want to do transfer portal, all of this stuff. I just want to talk about this game. I think this is a crucial, crucial week. I know that the transfer portal opens on December 4th, which is next Monday. Um, they're going, and I'm just going to warn you, this is what I'm going to say. We can go through and we can do like a, Hey, if I had a franchise tag, this is what I would do. That's what I would do. Kids are going to leave. Kids are going to come in. It's going to be crazy. Some kids might try to leave and end up back and they're still here. And I have no idea what's going on. So I think to, have the dialogue around like who we would want back over somebody else. What do we expect so-and-so to do at the end of the day, us and 99% of the other people commenting about this probably don't know what they're talking about. Um, So until you see it on the timeline or until you hear it from the player, my standpoint is some are going to leave. Some are going to stay. We're going to get some. That's that. I don't want anyone to leave, but I know that. um, (laughs) Hey, uh, get your triumph subscriptions in. And uh, participate Mm -hmm. because the schools that are participating to their NIL programs are the ones that are going to benefit from situations like this. You Mm -hmm. could have a student at Virginia Tech, a student athlete at Virginia Tech who absolutely loves Virginia Tech. Um, Just like you, you might absolutely love your Mm -hmm. job. Yeah. There's, if there's a job that's very similar that is going to pay you more money why would you not explore that job? Why would you not consider that job? Great comp. And, and take an action there. Great comp. So um, that's how it is these days. And, and also for the folks who hate NIL or don't you know, want this to happen, this is the reality. This next few weeks is going to suck. We are going to enter portal hell. You know, there are going to be instances, I'm not saying it at Virginia Tech, but we could have you know a ton of guys at Tech say, I'm not playing in the bowl and I'm entering the portal. And that's just the reality of how college football is right now. It sucks, yes, but uh, it is the reality. And you can't blame these players for trying to find better opportunities for themselves. Yep. Completely agree. Eugene Blow. 
Drones is the man. We need defensive linemen and linebackers in the portal. Will Jennings come back? Will Felton come back? I hope everyone comes back. I hope we get uh, additional defensive line and uh, linebacker uh, and offensive line uh, help in the portal as well. But yeah, I think that's kind of for for some later episodes. Um, but these next few weeks, uh, see, see what type, types of data we can collect from the next few weeks as well. Here's a good one. Mm-hmm. K-Fan. K-Fan. Drones is Hendon Hooker 2.0. However, Pry will manage this better than Fu did. Does this make us a preseason top 25 team for next year? Hey, listen, I'm not saying no. I'm going to say anything can happen. We'll bookmark this tweet. Uh, I do not see this team being a top 25 team preseason. Uh, I do see a lot of work needs to be done with retainment of this current roster. A lot of work needs to be done with adding more guys. You all saw how effective the portal was for this season to be a success. And we're going to build on that foundation. We're going to keep the guys who made us successful uh, this year. We're also going to try to supplement areas that we need more help in. But uh, I, I think it is a little aggressive to call us a top 25 team going into 2024. It's rather aggressive, but I'm here for it. I, I, I do love the vibe. I, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say that in our group chat, um, shout out to us, Ed Williams, Bryce Chalkley, and, uh, and Ringo. We were actually already going through our 2024 schedule um, and throwing win predictions out there. We have no idea what our roster is going to look like, but it is fun to go through the schedule. Um, some bonus haikus for you. Rapid fire here. Pete McGee. Boo. Wahoo. Hoo. Hoo. Hokies gobbled up the Cavs. Carruthers. Tears flow. He also said the Commonwealth Cup. It doesn't belong to you. Neither does your field. And then Oswald. After the slaughter. Stench of sour grapes. Snobbery. Sprinklers cannot clear. And lastly, Hokie John. Freshman ran his mouth. Calandria meets karma. Pokies rule the state. Great stuff. Great I got a poll. I got a poll. Rich Luttenberg did, or Luttenberger did send me a few hokey haikus as well. He actually sent me like four. <laughs> He's like, hey, I need to hear some of these. Um, light beer and bourbon beats out Zima every day. Lane North was on fire. Um, my first in Seaville. Calandria can eat dirt. Exit night. Boo-hoos. Well done. Yeah, I think there were just two. Um, maybe he sent some others on uh, on Twitter. We we our mentions were blowing up over the last few days. We we posted a lot of content. Yeah. Um, but those are some great haiku submissions. As always, uh, let's see. We'll run into shout-outs, closing thoughts. Um, first of all. Uh, our friends at r r Wellness, Renew and Restore Wellness, are moving. Uh, I think they'll be moved in by December 1, which is awesome, to the new address, 2401 South Main Street, right by Bojangles and the Cedar Point Apartments. Uh, that is Sweet J. So check them out for red light therapy, compression therapy, IV therapy, and our favorite, cryotherapy. Mm-hmm. Um some other things, Hokey Hack tweeted. Oh, this is a brutal look, dude. This is from the flyover of the game. Really empty. Wow, that's tough. 
That is it's a tough one. visual. Thank you, Paul Bertner, for the share yeah. of the overhead here. Um, Hokey Hack. So, you know, we have a bowl game that we're qualified for. Hokey Hack says, at Duke's Mayo Bowl, how much mayo do I need to eat by spoon <laughs> to get you to pick us? I mean, that's just a, that's just a guy raising his hand trying to make something happen, and I, I appreciate that from Hokey. I told Hokey Hack this was the year of Hokey Hack and BRM. Um, I really enjoyed getting to, to meet my guy, Hokey Hack. That guy is an icon. That guy is a legend. Um, and uh, love to get in, getting to finally know him, dude. We did do a Hokey Hack live haiku mm-hmm. as we were exiting the end zone at Scott Stadium. Uh, that was cool. Put that on our X app. Also did our famed tradition love that nothing like walking out of lane stadium north with a dub mashup video coming soon i gotta say you saying this makes me think about it every season you meet new people and you hang out with new people yeah you know you ever think about that yeah how like hey this was definitely a season of hack Mm -hmm. uh i could probably list off a dozen other people that you know chris jones and eric for example. Yeah. Um, just a lot of, a lot of good people in our fan base, a lot of good people who are Hokie alums or big time Hokie fans that we got to hang out with a lot. And uh, what a great lo- year. We love seeing you. Yeah. What a great year. You got to share your story. Um, you got to share this story. Okay. So you got to share this for shout out. We're starting Sharky shout outs. Sharky shout outs is happening now. We'll do memento first and then we'll do Sharky shout outs. So the memento of the weekend Download your digital fan resume with Memento for YouTube. Here's mine. Here's my Saturday special. It's my virtual ticket. Your fan resume. Virginia Tech wins 55 to 17. There is me and Ed and Carly and Anna on the field as we were two years ago, recreating a, a fun picture, a fun image. And I uploaded that to my Memento. And my friends who are on there can see that and they could, they could follow. You can tag. We're getting stats added soon. You got attendance records. You got the stats of the game. You got the score of the game. Fun. It's great. Um, so download Memento. We'll put that in the, uh, the old show notes. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, this was cool. I get up on Saturday morning and like, yeah, well, we need to do our, our Jack and Coke video for socials. And Friday night, we had posted, and we we're going to post again on Saturday morning. Like, hey, listen, our message to you guys is if you're waking up in Virginia on Saturday at 3.30 kickoff, you got no plans, nothing to do, know you're going to watch the game, maybe some family members, maybe for some friends, but nothing's really locked in. Nudge your buddy. Hey, maybe we should go. Maybe we should scour the internet for tickets and get in there and make an impact and have an awesome time. And I had been in the stadium for no less than five minutes. And I ran into my guy. It was either Andy or Austin. It begins with an A and uh, Andy Austin, please shout me out. um, So I can confirm your name. Pat, Pat, I'm here because of your message (laughs) on that Instagram video that you posted at six 30 in the morning before you left New Jersey for Scott stadium. I'm here because of that. I was, I was like, no freaking way. That's awesome. And he's like, wait a second. We got a picture. He's like, wait a second. I got to show you the rowback. 
uh-huh. and he he had his Virginia Tech, uh, <laughs> the Berg rowback quarter zip on. So that was just a a special moment of the day. Set the tone pretty well. Saw a lot of good folks in the concourse right before the game who were all super fired up. So that was just a cool story. Really enjoyed that. Um, other shout outs. Our band was awesome. Band was awesome. The band. I didn't even know UVA had a band there. Uh, Logan Ross pointed this out. She goes, "Yo, our band is sitting on Jupiter, and UVA's band is two, uh, like you know, two hundred feet to our right." And all I heard was tech the entire time. Um, they were awesome. And then after the game, we're watching them pour out of the stadium. How many people are in our band? Do we have a thousand band there members? A lot of band members. There were walking by the stadium for a good ten minutes. Um, I was joking with you. I should have went over and high five them to redeem myself for my trip to Tallahassee. Um, but no, shout out to the band. They did a, they did a great job. Oh man. He's just having fun. He's just having fun. Uh, Brad Williams got to meet Brad, Matt balance. Always good to hang out with Matt, uh, at lane stadium or lane North. Uh, my guy, Jenison, he's like, I saw him on the field. He's like, Pat, I'm positive hokey on, on Twitter. And I was like, Oh dude, positive hokey, bring it in. <laughs> Bring it in. So we got we got a picture. Cool to meet him down there. Uh, the Gammon brothers got to meet them at um, at Samson's, as well as Mayhul and uh, Satith and Harseet and Baz and Joe Manaply. Joe Manaply was at uh, at Samson's as well. That was awesome. Fresh off uh, pitching in the world. I have series. to do it. I'm. So, I can't. I can't because it's too funny, and I'm going to laugh about it in 20 years. So Joe Manaply is there, and Pat. Is like, oh, it's Joe. How you doing? I didn't recognize you with your cap on. So me and everybody look at each other, and it's like, <laughs> what do you normally see him wearing? He is wearing a cap all the time. That's like seeing Steph Curry and be like, dude, I didn't recognize you with your thirty jersey on and your basketball shorts. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I it, thought that was. So I, I walked into the lion's den saying probably the most roastable thing of all time. I I, I had just been in the car for six and a half hours. Yeah, I didn't get it. Um. It was still funny. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Joe's the man, though, and I'm sure he was fired up to uh, see Tech just absolutely dog walk. Have to shout out Hokey Dan. We sat with him for the entire game. Uh, I don't know how – I think he deserves credit for keeping that white crew neck white. I would have spilled (laughs) so much stuff on it. I mean, during the game, I had a a popcorn. I had two hot dogs. I had a pretzel and, I mean, probably – seven or eight Miller lights and I was wearing some of it and spilling it on other people. And, you know, I was able to keep that away from Hokie Dan. So honestly, I'm a long way to say impressed at your ability to either carry around a tide, a tide to go or keep your shirt white. Very well done. You know, they sell who dogs. I did have a who dog. Their beer is good too. Um, yeah, I had a who dog. <laughs> if Dan had a Turkey leg, that shirt would have gotten some damage. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So no, no, you know, that's a menu choice by UVA equals cleaner garments. Dax uh, Hollifield. Dax. Oh him. my gosh. Yeah. Dax was, uh, Dax was having a good time. And then uh Panano man, uh, got to see him down on the field. Got to meet him for the first time. Let's see. There, I mean, there's there's not enough time and there's just not enough uh, no. mental capacity to give all the shout outs just because I, I it was just it was, it honestly, was one of those games you see a million people and you're like, this is awesome. It was so euphoric, though, after the game, hugging people, hugging players, high five. And I mean, Ed Ed's taking pictures with with Coach Cheetah. And what did you say? Coach Cheetah's on FaceTime oh, with his Coach wife. Coach Cheetah was on FaceTime with his wife. I was like, is that Mrs. Cheetah? He turns around. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was. 
That yeah, was great. Everything yeah. about it was was a ton of fun. Um, yeah, sir. Can't wait to do it again. Oh, wait. What? Since we still have everyone, I have it in the notes. Should we talk about it? Yeah. We have to. Sure. What, what was the funniest thing? What was the most ridiculous thing that was on the timeline last week during rivalry? Stupid stuff I saw. Well, we were just we were just contributing to everything. But um, the whole Ireland conversation, I will admit, if you are not on X, um, I don't know if you saw this, but it was the talk of X on Tuesday, Wednesday about basically the uh, the air. <sighs> is it Air Lingus or whatever? Yeah. Um, it's yeah. playing in Ireland. You get to go play football in Ireland. The game in Ireland that's every year. I went to it this year. It was awesome. Notre Dame destroyed Navy. It was a ton of fun. And uh, you get to go to Dublin during week zero and be like one of the only – cool games on and you get a ton of exposure and the players and the fans have an unbelievable unique once in a lifetime type experience wait what's the catch pat so i don't what's that i don't know i think that's what we were arguing so i see that pittsburgh is selected for this game and i know that georgia tech and florida state are playing in it next year i know that georgia tech's already played in ireland i know that ucf and penn state have played over there it's not like some you have to be irish your fan base has to be irish to be in this competition. Um, Nebraska's been over there. Nebraska played Northwestern there last year. And when I think of Nebraska, the first thing I think of is, uh, you know. White people. Just Irish people. No. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, like, the argument was that, um, I guess people were against this from happening because it's too expensive. It's too expensive and it takes away a home game. If we're giving away, if we have seven home games and we're trading one of those seven home games for a game in Ireland, that it's going to be, you know, maybe once every 10, once every 15 years or once every never. We do it once. I was going to say one time ever. There was an argument that the, the average fan or the middle class cannot afford going on this trip. So we shouldn't do it. And there's six other home games, but also, does that mean if Virginia Tech does not play in the Rose Bowl that we shouldn't go or that Virginia Tech plays in the playoff in New Orleans and we shouldn't go? Like opportunities like this are once in a lifetime and it's it seems like the biggest no-brainer of no-brainers. No newsflash, it would cost you about the same or less to watch Virginia Tech play in Ireland than it would cost you to go watch Virginia Tech play at Stanford. That is not hearsay. That is not made up. I saw some people tweeting out receipts for plane tickets that were $5,000. I'd love to introduce you to googleflights.com. It's a fantastic tool. Gives you multiple flights for way less. I'm pretty sure you could fly to Hong Kong for $5,000 if you wanted to. Um, The dialogue was completely unhinged and out of control. And I really, like, I, 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 I struggle to understand I don't think the normal person would have a problem with Virginia Tech playing a game in Ireland. I, I I don't understand how this is even a. I don't understand how it's a debate. Not to mention the school would get three to four million dollars for playing in the game. Not to mention that it would get national exposure. Not to mention that it's probably going to be easier to reconnect with some uh, Hokies that live in Europe, that live in Canada, that live in the Northeast, that would be willing to take a trip like this. Not to mention you're going to be the most the most watched football game that week in the country, and it's a great experience for student athletes. There's no catch. Stop. And you probably have five to ten years to plan for this. So, yeah, I guess I guess 
I guess we were just frustrated that there's furious, really furious. Okay, I was, I was furious. You shouldn't be this emotional five days. I was, I was, I said was. That's why I used past tense. (laughs) um, So yeah, we had to bring that up because I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about that at all. Um, But yeah, that's it. That's a podcast. We are hopeful for Duke's Mayo. We are hopeful for military. I I am not Fenway. You are delusional. Did you are you shopping at Delulu Lemon this this Black Friday and Cyber Monday? Uh, I am not going to Fenway Park. It's going to be cold, and I'd rather not do that. You're right. It'll be warm. It'll be you're right. It'll be warm in Annapolis. I mean, pack your swim trunks. It'll probably be warmer. Yeah, says the two guys moving to Utah to go ski. Um, so yeah, guys, we'll uh, we'll see you at the bowl game if it's in Military Bowl, if it's at the Duke's Mayo Bowl, and uh, we'll see you shortly soon we won't i can guarantee you won't see us in el paso yeah i'm not going to that one so go hoax go birds go sports we'll talk to you guys soon to wander tripping in the sand we smoke out windows drink till we can't stand but i saw you dance like you want to in my head and all that she said is oh i know what you're thinking